saying this is Bill, and this is episode 138 of the Gamers Lounge. 138, people. You can't even count that high. Uh, that's true. <laughs> it's repeating. I, I, I agree that I can't count that high. You know why? Um, because I stop at one, which is the only number I need when I play games. I'm one, and you're the other ones. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. I uh-huh. agree. See? We're on the same page. Riding that wave of victory. Until, I can, until it's not there? Yes. <laughs> which should be, you know, tomorrow. Right. But I'm currently undefeated. <laughs> In the game we played tonight. Infinitely powerful. <laughs> Untouchable. You just you can't handle it. I understand. In the second game we played tonight, what you're saying is <laughs> currently, but that one took so much longer. I feel like it was like worth ten of the other game. So we're good. At least ten. Hey, Josh, how you doing? Other than just thoroughly arrogant and full of yourself. No, that's exactly how I'm doing. Full, <laughs> arrogant and full of myself. Exactly where I should be. Uh, no, I'm doing really well. I've uh, been busy, and it's been nice weather. So. It's a been a nice couple of days. Next week will suck because it'll be like ninety five to a hundred and something or other. Uh, yeah, see, it, I think it already is quite bad at eighty five and seventy five. And... I agree. I just mean that like, this was our quote unquote spring. It was that one weekend where you didn't hate being outside every second. You, by you, you mean the listener, not me. Right. I mean, <laughs> okay. I, I complained. Okay. They were like, "You should dress up to go out to dinner for my my dad's birthday," and I was like. Then I have to have pants on. I, I really, I'm comfortable in the shorts. So like, it won't be that bad. It's like you See, say that, and you could have just left it at. Then I would have to put pants on. I, I wanted to be clear <laughs> with the listener that it is not a problem for me to once on, on occasion to be put pantsless. On, put on pants yeah. on occasion. I mean, that's fair. Little pants. That's fair. Oh wow! So Josh, we've been playing some games since the last time we recorded. We have. We played a bunch of games uh, today. For instance, we played two. We played Encantress. For me, for the first time. And then uh, then we followed up with a good round of uh, Rebellion. Yeah. Uh, I have to admit, I jumped in. I, I think I told, told you. So I was listening to another podcast who I was listening to their Star Wars, everything you ever wanted to know about Star Wars and the ranks and everything review. Basically, as a group of nerds, they got together, realized they had never talked about Star Wars. The Star Wars... Something anniversary was in the last couple of weeks. Um, 30th? 40th. I think it was 40th anniversary. Yeah. Something. I, I know it was a big Can't one. Be that much. So they sat down and ranked all eight Star Wars movies. Yeah. All right. Which, and of course, listening to that for two, almost three hours, I'm like, I would be down for some Star Wars. I understand the itch. <laughs> I've been playing Star Wars Destiny. I was like, oh my God, I like Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, how's Destiny going? Destiny's going better. Uh, I actually think the next wave of cards has really opened up some of the choices. I am liking it currently. Um, I still haven't fully decided. And I'm noticing a swing of people in our, a couple of people in our gaming group who have decided to move to cards, and Destiny seems to be the cards of their choice. Yeah, we had a bunch of, we had a couple of people go whole hog again onto cards. Um, not all of them, so Ben got out. Which Did was, he? Yeah, so Ben sold his stuff at the uh, at the swap meet, and then he was like, but then suddenly everyone had cards. I was like, all right, you sold me buying cards right. before you did that, so, but yeah. Uh, he just, he prefers magic, which is fine. Um, other people, like Sharon, have really, really enjoyed the Destiny gameplay mechanics. Now, did you, uh, you came out to the swap meet. So Huzzah Hobbies, our local game store, runs a swap meet. Uh, a basically, board game swap meet. A- Sure. Well, it's a game. It's it's yes. It was posted as spring cleaning. I think it was a good. You know, there was a couple people with a bunch of board games. 
There was a bunch of people with uh, other games. Yeah. Miniature games. and There was a bunch of Scorn for sale. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I saw, well, beyond Scorn, I saw Scorn, I saw... I saw Rhett, um, Scorn, Signar, Legion. What's Rhett? The Angry Ones? I saw uh, the Legion. I saw the Signar. The Angry Elves. Angry Elves, yeah, okay. Um, there was some Legion there, too. I um, saw probably off. seven different of the big Colossuses, or whatever they're called, the big... Gargantuan slash Colossus, depending on which uh, situation. There was at least somebody there early in the day with a Circle Army, because there was a Circle... Colossus there. Huh. Nice. Um, I actually sold my Circle Army recently. I heard someone got a uh, Galleon for 20 bucks. I imagine that's good. It's a hundred to $120 <laughs> model, so yes, that is good. Yeah, I, some incredible deals there. I um, I unloaded the infamous... I mean, I, this is a reason I should really mention this. Uh, I no longer am the owner of the infamous uh, High Elf Army. Ah, the mighty high elves have been yes. passed. The the high elves have been sold. I I made I actually made some money off of that. Uh, I think one of the best and strangest situations. Right. So so any sale at a swap meet that ends up with both parties feeling like they successfully got a deal, I think is the ideal. the ultimate ideal. Right, that's goal. the goal. And um, I had there was a couple coming through. So. So my wife and I were completely unprepared. High five, team. We, uh, you and I talked about it like three weeks ahead of time. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to sell a bunch of stuff. But we all know I'm going to end up buying a bunch of stuff, too. Right. And, and then, then the day before, you were like, oh, right, the swap beats tomorrow. Yeah. So we, and, and yeah, I looked at Julie and I, she's like, well, we need to decide if we're going. I said, yeah, we do need to decide if we're going. Like, so what would the plan look like tomorrow if we decided to go? Oh, we got to be there at this time. I'm like, and she knew more about when it started than I did. I'm like, okay, so we'd have to get up probably an hour and a half earlier than that and get stuff to sell. Pack it up for the car. Well, no, no. I mean, pick stuff in the house to then pack up in the car. Sure. I mean, that's what you would have done. I would have just walked around and said, well, that, and just grabbed random stuff off your shelves. Which is pretty much what we did. (laughs) So we, uh, but two of the things we brought uh, that I never thought I'd get rid of, well, three of the things, right? The, The high elves went... Right in the car. That has been decided beforehand that if if I was going to go, that was going to happen. Good. Um, the uh, uh, I actually had a Wrath of Kings Greetsy starter set and a um, a warm. Sh- it's the Horde side warm, plastic the, uh, Horde two player battle box. Yeah, two player battle box that I've picked up at. Places over time, so they went with me, and uh, and then this entire crate of probably, let's be conservative and say 150, possibly 200 Dragon magazines, and another stack of D and D D twenty role playing books. Yeah, I was really surprised when you got rid of both of those. I would have never ever guessed thought I could have pulled the, that off. Right, I never would have guessed that those would be gone. So in the in the D and D books, uh, there was a set of three or four books tied up with some yarn because it was yarn. That's what it was tied up with. Oh, um, actual yarn. Yeah, sure. I don't know where the I didn't yarn know if that came was like a D&D from. But no, term that like some story kind no, of thing. No, You're like, no, actual yarn. yarn. Gotcha. No, I'm there <laughs> now. Uh, for uh, Forgotten Realms, and then there was another. There was an old setting called Kingdom of Calamar that had like two or three books that I had. They were also tied together, and I had just put those out. And this couple comes walking by, and these two sets of books are stacked on top of each other, and 
you know, they were looking and they're looking and they seemed really interested in the role playing stuff I had. So I'm, I got the sales turned right on. Right. Salesman, right. salesman, right. uh, Bill came out and was like, Hey, hey. I see you, uh, eyeballing some stuff. I was like, you know, I, I'd be glad I'll make you a deal. And then I made the job. I was like, listen, I'll let this go for a song. You figure out the offer you feel is fair. You cut that in half, make that offer to me. And they're yours. Walk out the door. <laughs> Cause I did not want to carry the stuff back to the right. car or, and they're looking and they're like, well, maybe we'll be back. I'm like, yeah, okay. So they went away. Uh, they came back maybe 20 minutes later. And she comes walking up. He's behind her, nice and quiet and a little, 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 uh, I don't know. He's following her. And she says, so these books, she points to the Forgotten Realms ones. She goes, well, how much do you want for them? I was like, ah, make me an offer. So, like, seriously. For the love of just God, make me an offer. I don't want to pay you to take them from <laughs> me. So give me something so, and then take them. Right. And she's like, well, what do you think is fair? I said, well, five bucks. She goes, what? And she looked like shocked that I would say five bucks. Not shocked as in that's too much, but shocked as in you're crazy to let them go for five bucks. Thinks about it for a couple of seconds at which I'm like, are you kidding me? Like not even five bucks for these three books. And she goes, do you think I can give you 20 for the, all of these books here? And she waves at the Calamar books too. And I was like, uh, you're really yes. bad at this. I mean, yes. <laughs> I was like, so, so then she, of course she reaches in cause she didn't realize the swap meet, uh, the way the swap meet at Huzzah works for the listener is you get Huzzah bucks, which is really counts as credit at the end of the day. And so she reaches in her wallet to plug cash. I'm like, could you do me a favor? I will hold these aside, but could you please go to the front counter and get some Huzzah bucks and bring that back? So she walks away, she comes back, she hands me the 20 bucks and she walks away with her books. And she's looking like, She's ecstatic. Ecstatic. She got exactly what she wanted. So put the 20 bucks in my little stack of Huzzah bucks. And the guy next to me, who was doing okay, he didn't sell a lot during the day. He had a ton of board games out. He, look, he looks at me and goes, can I ask you a question? I'm like, yeah, yeah, what's up? He goes, so did I understand that transaction correctly? <laughs> you told her three books for five bucks. She said 20 bucks for five books. So yes, that is exactly what happened. And he went, how do you do that? I said, well, I'm just that good. Right? <laughs> and it was a straight face, which is the best part. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so yeah. I got to watch the guy next to me. Uh, what was the three-way? He walked off. Uh, Brian, our friend Brian Sherry. Sure. Uh, has, he has a lot of stuff. He comes he over with board games all the time. So Brian had um, a copy of Conan, the, the oh, miniatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the and I, I was like, "Hey, so I thought I, I thought you loved Conan." He goes, "Well, I do." I'm like, "He's like, why are you asking?" I said, "Well, you're selling your Conan copy." He goes, "Oh, that's my second Conan copy." He goes, "I'm keeping my oh right, okay. makes way more sense then." <laughs> so the guy next to me wanders off, and he comes back. And I see him looking over his big thing. And then Brian comes over and he's like, are all these yours? And he waves at the dude's stack. And the guy, the next person over, so two people away from me. If the guy next to me is like, no, 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 no. All this stuff beyond this line is his, points to that guy. And this stuff's mine. Brian goes, okay, okay. Brian scans everything over. And then the two of them retreat to Brian's table on the other side of the room. Dude comes back. 
picks up three games on his side. One game he takes and shuffles into the stack of the guy next to him, pulls a game out of his side, puts it into the stack, and walks away. And I went, I'm not... And the other dude's not even there. So I'm like, what just happened? Yeah. Right? So then he came back and I was like, "Um, hey, not check it. He was like... He knows. I asked him. I'm like, okay, just making sure. And, well, that, I mean, it's good because we're, we're a good community of people. Yeah. So we, you know, make sure we watch other people's stuff. So it was like a, a trade for a trade for a for a swap for a trade. And then he comes back with Conan. So I'm kind of looking. He's like, ah, I got Conan. This is awesome. He pulls the plastic off. He's got the cover of the box. And there was a guy that was helping him, his helper, had their, his young son. That was probably like 10. So the young son walks around the corner. He goes, Oh, cool, Conan, that's awesome. And dude, immediately he thrusts his hand down because there's a wide, naked woman on the front cover. And he's like, you can't see this. And I'm like, yeah, you really got to be careful. I mean, how are you going to handle your... Because uh... I thought it was his son. I'm like, how are you going to handle playing the game with your son? Are you just going to like paint over the uh, naughty bits? And he goes, oh, it's not my son. Why am I covering this? I'm not worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, good. I think that's the right. I think it's the right approach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. look, if they're there, and there's not like there's no way to completely censor everything. Why would you want to? I think they have to experience <laughs> life to some degree. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Child rearing tips from Josh are probably not the route you want to take. I mean, that's that's 100%. a podcast podcast in and of itself. That's and it's podcast gold, no less. <laughs> and I, you will hear about it if I ever decide to start such a podcast. That would be fantastic. You would be my Child one listener, rearing. and I would be happy. Yes. <laughs> Oh, man. So, uh, let me see. Encantress, what'd you think? Encantress was pretty interesting, actually. Um, so we so we only played one game. It was a nice, fairly quick game. It was like 15, 20 minutes to Yeah. Um, and it's a game... And we were learning, right? So I was learning. Right, look, I mean, I, was, I don't know I'm if still you were learning. learning. That, sure. was, that was game number two. <laughs> All I saw was that you went, so it's just infinitely bouncing, right? And I'm like, <laughs> well, I mean, I only have three guys. You're like, so it just keeps going. I'm like... All right, you know what? Sure. Sure, sure why not? That's how that goes. Why not? Um, so you know who to take next time. Right. Red. <laughs> or not red. I would actually go blue. But uh, so it's an interesting game where you, you get three spellcasters of some sort. They're, they're all kind of different genres of spellcaster. Um, I had a I had a uh, an elementalist, which was a sorcerer. I had an astral something or other, which was a druid. And then I had a spiritual person who was a, an arcane knight. And Bill had most of that, but he didn't have the arcane knight because he wasn't cool. <laughs> right. He had some, he had a druid who, like a shaman, sorry, he had a shaman who was channeling his uh, bestial histor to punch people yeah. in the face. Yes, he did come over and punch me in the face. He didn't kill me, which no. was cute. But he did punch you awfully hard. He did. He took out over half my life. And I went, well, that's no fun. This seems like a mistake was made. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, uh, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. We, you know, everyone's got different skills. Um, it's dice rolling, so yeah. But uh, well, but the dice. I I haven't looked at the distribution on the dice. I mean, basically, it's two it's and four. Custom is a two and four. It's two dodges and four wands. Yeah. Okay. On a eight sided dice, so that means there's blanks now. No, there's no blanks. Is it eight sided? Those are d eights. I'm pretty sure. Crap. Um, I thought I saw only two dodges on there, so that would be two and six. Two maybe and three and five. Maybe I do three, three and five. five. It's two and six or three and five. Yeah. Um, you need the the higher the higher number one of those when you make your attacks. The other ones are for dodging damage, blocking damage when attacks are made against you. 
And it's basically custom. They're custom dice. I'm pretty sure they're D8s. Maybe they're not. I'll have to look again. Um, you exceeded my knowledge of dice. What did you point. think? What did you think of the the tiles? You, you mean like the uh, the, the board? cardboard board? Um, the board was fine. Like to be fair, it didn't add a ton. So we played on a, on a, like the very first starter mission. Yeah. So it's really simple, and there's not a lot going on on the map. So it didn't play a big role. Um, because we didn't break line of sight and the range on things was, was high enough that once you got in, that it like almost except for turn one, for the most part, you could get anywhere. Yeah. You could attack anyone. Um, and even after, even turn one, depending, you could have hit someone if you had had the right spell. And see, the thing on that is it's, we were using the recommended setup. I mean, they, you could, you could pretty much set it up. However, it's pretty simple to put. Tiles together. Uh, the reason I ask is the company that made it um, for it was a Kickstarter game. Okay. Uh, the company that makes it actually started by making those terrain tiles, those those tiles, right? And uh, then went, hey, maybe after selling a couple of these sets of tiles and not as many people buying them, we should make a game. So, uh, hmm. so the tiles, especially because the tiles are hexagonal. I mean, just the actual the actual yep. locations on the tiles are hexagonal. As far as that, that doesn't come up in a lot of games. Put it that way. I have not been on a lot of games where I'm playing with hexagonally based models. Huh. Okay. So if that's if that if their goal is to just sell the tiles um, initially, I, I would think it would be hard to do no, because I didn't I think, think it would apply I, a lot. Yeah, I don't think these are necessarily to sell the tiles, but I do think it was sort of a, a an outgrowth. Well, that's of... what I mean. But if they started with the here, we're going to make these awesome game tiles and sell them, and then it was like, oh, we should make a game around this, right? The tiles themselves don't seem like they would have applied to enough games as a, to be a product by itself. Yeah, let me. It's uh, Rain Studios, R A I N N Studios, and they make Terra tiles. I mean, to be fair, the so, pictures were pretty nice. I mean, so it was these are hexagonal nice. tiles without the hex map inside of them. Gotcha. So then you could just do any kind of measurement. Yep. And then they also have Terra tiles, the battle pack, modular walls, and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like the game. It was kind of, it, it was interesting. I, there was a campaign mode that we didn't do. Um, right. That would be kind of fun. And there's also like a spell draft concept, which seems like it'd be really kind of cool. Cause then you can kind of make your own custom approach. And we even Wizards. talked after we played about how like a couple of different approaches you could make just by drafting some spells. Right. Right. That were not currently being addressed in the, in the, in the sets of three that come pre-built. And I got to admit, I mean, twice now I've played. I lost my first game against John, won a game against you. Um, it's very fast. So that's the other reason why I think, like, when we ran into the flame change is going everywhere. I think the whole idea there is, does it really matter? Because you just right. reset. Just, just, yeah. Re you're, you're out in, like, five minutes and whoop. Yep, back up. True. Let's try and, again. And it's a strong beer and pretzels game. I will yeah. give it that. Strong beer and pretzels game. There seems to be enough weird, kind of funny, stupid interactions that you can have a good time and not care. Kind of like we do with Marine Rex. We have a right. we go out and we have like literally I played a game where nine out of ten models ended up in a single pit. The same <laughs> pit. Every like you ran, you pushed someone in, they ran to push you in, and literally you you would Every think model. on the seventh model, the eighth one might have bounced off the other bodies. Nah, no, he doesn't. Those are those, they put some serious work into digging those pits. We liken putting our slaves to work. Yes, um, so, no, you know, mean, that kind of I, thing. Yeah, it's the same type of. It's, it's even faster and simpler. 
I agree. And so, I think, you know, that's where, if as long as you're under the spell draft, you just pull out the teams that are there. Right. Go up to four players and, and go to town. I did I did think it would be really interesting. So we only played one-on-one. Um, I think it'd be really weird and interesting to try to balance doing, like, not the game, balance the game, but try to balance your approach to the game and what, how you, what you do each turn right. when there's four, four. players. Because there's going to be so much change and so much death. I mean, that's like going to be a 12-minute game or something. So then what gets even more amusing on that is the skipping, right? So on this, there is no rubber banding, right? Once right. you start losing people, you just start losing people. But in a multiplayer game, now you actually may have to skip out of multiple turns around yeah. the table. Yeah. As everybody tries to do their three activations. So... Yeah, you know, like, the other thing is each team has a one person with a heal spell that I saw. Yep. And you can only do each spell once per round, effectively. Um, so, because you do, each model gets to do one spell when it activates, and if only one person has a heal spell. Yep, that's so, it. So it's literally not a, it's a, if you're close to the line, save them. Like, make it a little, make the effort level go up a bunch. Otherwise... Don't worry about it because it's not the healing was never going to be enough to be like ha ha right you can't kill me which I thought was good and that's like especially in a four player game the amount of damage that can go out before <laughs> you get to heal again is really high it is very high uh yeah no I I think it's been fun it's one of those ones it's it's a small enough box I think I'll throw it in my car right it's a pull it out it goes up one you know it's you can play it single player too. I'm not sure why you would, but you can play it single player. I did see there were some rules about that, and I was like, oh, all right, cool. Basically, wizards stand off the board and bombard you with spells, and you try to live. But if they're off the board, you can't hit them, then I I feel like you're going to eventually lose. I haven't read all the rules, and I'm not sure how that works, but yes, I agree. It it seems confusing to me. You're like, I just play the healer and heal every turn. I don't know. Uh, So, uh, It was was good. It it would definitely be a a quick, easy, like, hey, we got, like, 25 minutes. We want to show you a new game. And then once they've played it once, the mechanics are simple enough, and all the the cards are designed the same, obviously. So then you can play, like, 10 or 15-minute games on, like, any point, once the map's set up, anyway. So uh, the other new game we've played recently is Dark Souls. Dark Souls! You've played... Twice? I have played twice now. What do you think? I hunted the Titanite Demon, and then I hunted whatever the hell we hunted. Some easy thing. <laughs> whatever we hunted. We, we you, you gave us the easy thing. Yeah. And I don't remember what it was. did not successfully well, pull that that's off. That's because there was the rogue player. <laughs> and I, in this, so I am serious. Whoever plays the rogue actually needs to be the most tactically minded person, because the rogue is, with it being a... Um, so high risk, high reward, high risk, high reward, but it's also the dodge mechanic. Everyone else can just mitigate damage. The rogue doesn't really do that. It either it's an all or nothing, which is great. Except when they don't figure out when they're close to that line and not go crazy on their use of stamina. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, stamina goes up from you doing your abilities and things and health comes down from the other end of the track. And if they ever meet, you're dead. So it's a balancing of, like, sometimes you really probably will have to do nothing just to get some right. stamina back and then be like, okay, good. Now I can take another hit even if I mess up the dodge. Right. Um, and I think rogue players don't accept that as an idea. <laughs> they don't like the idea of, oh, guess what? Your turn is going to be standing somewhere where you hopefully won't die and doing nothing. whatever. Right. Right. Recouping stamina, basically. Right. Because popping your pot is not worth it if you're not really going to die. Like, if you just do nothing and then you can't die, that's way better than taking your pot, which is once per 
spark, um, which, you know, would be a terrible loss if it was just so you could do an extra attack that you don't need to do at that moment. There is, I mean, like you just said, right? Pop your, you know, popping the pot to do an extra attack or using your luck on your attack. There's a couple of things where your ego gets in the way of surviving the game. I mean, not mine. <laughs> The game acknowledges my ego. Well, well, no, it's my daughter. So. Right. Well, and, and I agree, it was her this time. But I am actually serious. It is almost every single death I've ever seen in that game so far has been the rogue. Been to the rogue, yeah. The assassin. Every single time, it's like you know they just fail one too many times, and oops, no, okay. Like cause it, so, with, with the dodge dice in that game, it's a fifty-fifty. Three sides are dodged, three sides are not. Um. So then they roll. Then a Rogue normally rolls two, and if you get some gear, you can roll three or maybe even four dodge dice. Well, they roll they roll two on their basic gear. Right, so it all comes, comes down to what gear they have because you can take the dodges away from them and give them armor, which you may actually not. I don't say it's not the right way to go because I actually like the dodge mechanic a lot, especially because so Bill and I were talking before. Some people who have been there's a there's a solo mode you can play in this yep. game. Uh, they've been taking the rogue i think with the most success but that's partly because after every action um all the enemies act and you can't really it's really hard to tank up through all of that damage every turn whereas if the rogue is 100 percent hit or miss and every time you action you activate you remove two stamina so it's a auto healing mechanic for the rogue that no one else gets because they're not burning stamina to block damage right and then if you were to find for the, it's, it's the assassin, but if you were to find assassin, sorry. gear for the assassin that either heals additional, you know, heals additional stamina or anything along those lines, they, yeah. they get that much better. And, and I, so I can see that it's a, like I said, we, we said earlier, high risk, high reward. And it has been the case thus far. At least I would recommend if you're going to play the game for the first time, put, make sure whoever is playing the assassin is conscientious of their impact on the rest of the game. <laughs> because if someone dies, it resets the whole game. It resets the spark more accurately. Yeah, so what do you... I, so Dark Souls, for people that don't know, it's based off Dark Souls the video game. Dark Souls video game, well known to be a difficult game. I hear. I've never um, played. So I, I actually went out and got Dark Souls 3. Nice. Uh, I tried it. I heard you got chased by a monster for a while at one point and didn't realize it until it killed you. There was that. Yep. Yep. That That's happens. the story I remember. Yep. That happens. I like you. I like the death. Um, Every time you die, I get a little happier inside. It's, it's not <laughs> weird at all. Right. I, uh, I mean, it's a game about learning the patterns. My challenge with it is I, f- I did not enjoy it. I did not enjoy the video game. Okay. I was like, which one are we talking um, about? I actually love the board game. Okay. And I don't feel the board game, right? Maybe the board game guys are going to be, you know, the guys at Steamforge are going to be upset by this, but, um, I do not feel like the board game is as difficult as as the and as punishing as the video game, and that is a good thing to me because it draws me in. Uh, I'll, I'll agree with that. I mean, so I, I've never played the game, uh, the video game that is. I will say that normally after you've gone through the rooms the first time and gotten to the boss the first time, the rooms are almost. Not really. A, I mean, they're in general, they're not a challenge in the two games you, I've played. Right. You in in. I would say the rooms that are a challenge. Once you've gone through them the first time, you know you're going into a challenge. So hopefully you've gotten the gear to gear up and handle it. Right, and that's what I mean. You're you're going to have gotten some upgrades at some point. Right. That make it so. 
either just having the knowledge so you can plan better, so you know exactly how they're going to do it, which is the pattern, the pattern behavioral uh, play style thing that we were talking about earlier. But the other thing is you've gotten gear. So at that point, I found the rooms to be very little challenge. Again, in just the two games I've played, and then you're you're just farming up the the souls you need to get actual stuff you want. Right now, the one thing to keep in mind: so you did the Titanite Demon, actually. So the I Titanite did. Demon has a couple of of level two rooms. Okay. Um, well, so I will say, almost all the rooms were the Silver Knight and the Silver Archer kind of people. Yeah, we had a bunch of those. So I have also had to face a Sentinel, which is a ten health minion. Okay, I haven't fought that. Who's who's not really big armored body, really little head. Oh yeah, no, I <laughs> he, he was the one model we didn't fight right. at least once. Yeah, he's and I think he's a defense two ten health. He's not a happy guy to fight against. Uh, there's the crossbow guys. Yep, who magic do crossbows. magic magic crossbows. I, there are some rooms that I, there is a room. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I saw it at SteamCon. Uh, it's a level two room, which is two of the pushy guys. Uh, no, I haven't seen that room. And that one is a bit annoying. It could be. Yeah, um, I can definitely see that. The, the goal, I would almost want to, well, yeah, I'd almost want it. Like if you can get them on the same space so you can go hit them both. And then as soon as one activates, it'll push you out. So you won't get the auto push from being in the square twice. Right. Um, so it's actually good for us if you can group those guys up. I yeah, it is. If but, you have an AOE tag, that is. Yeah, Otherwise, if you have no an point. AOE, right? So yeah, I so I really enjoy the board game. Uh, the video game, mm, not so much. Right. I I got I got wrecked, and then I learned a pattern after like two hours of play for the first boss. Got through that, ran into a couple more minions, and got wrecked. So you're bad. And, I mean, uh, that's fine. I, I am. I am bad. I am. I am. And it's not what I play video games for. Like, I that's was not. True. I was getting zero advancement done. Was not feeling. Like, I don't mind tough games, but yeah, downright well, you've punishing. want to play them. Right? Yeah. Like, punishing games are great. And the challenge is great if you want to play it. It's the when you don't. When you're not drawn into the whatever the world is or the story. Or you don't feel any interest in playing it. That's when <laughs> the, the hard game becomes unfun super grindy so here's painful. right so here's one of the things i ran into right so i i get into i get through the first set of encounters and then i go through a portal to the next level this is the level i have to find a way through so i start down one path i'm wandering my way through a castle i'm actually doing pretty good killing the stuff along the way and i w- kind of go through this underpass under Croft in the uh, sure. a couple of rooms that go underneath. Walk out on this walkway and die. That like it, it, and I'm dead. And I went, huh? Okay, so clearly I missed something. Yes. So I start making my way back down that way. I go slowly. I get in some fights. I I find my way back out to where I died. I get my stuff that I dropped. I kill a couple of things, and then I notice. I happen to get far enough along that this I actually see the wall of flame that started where I was standing the first time and wipes me out again. And I went, huh, I wonder what's causing that wall of flame. Because Dark Souls is all right. Dark Souls is all about patterns, learning what you need to do. So then I found a different section of the castle I could crawl up and look down on where I had just died. Okay. And Right above me, I'm on a walkway, two levels down along a wall, and right above that wall, at the top of that wall, is a courtyard with a dragon who looks over into where I'm walking. 
Okay, good. Dragon. So, you don't have to up. And, and I'm watching, and I'm kind of, you can see all the other stuff moving because it's a persistent world. Right. And there's the dragon breathing away, and there's all the bad guys who aren't affected by his fire because only good guys are affected by the fire, apparently. Oh, yeah. It's and, not really uh, a cleansing flame right. if it comes from a dragon. <laughs> right. So, I mean, so I'm watching that. I'm like, okay, so that's not, not the way to go. So what the hell do I do? So I go back, I wander around the beginning a little bit, and then I realize there's a whole other section of the castle I could have gone off to. Awesome. There you go. Same so progress. Start off that way. I go through the stuff until I run into a couple guys that are clearly over my level, but there's another path I can go down. Cool. I go down that other path. I walk up on this wall, and I now face minions that I've been able to kill, but one of those minions happens to have this demon that it had infested the first boss that just lashes out, hits me twice, and kills me. And that was when I went, oh, yeah, uh, F you game. Um, I, no, uh-uh. So, so let me get this straight. Fight the dragon, fight the things that are over my level to the point where they give me skulls on the challenge level, or fight this demon that was in the first boss that's now embedded in a normal minion. Um, no. no. I mean, to be fair, with that description, I wouldn't think that was fun either, but... <laughs> that's pretty much what I came down to. Well, on the right so, side, you don't have to play that game to play I don't. this one. I, I can play this one. And that's all that matters. And, you know, so... So so that being said, I'm actually really enjoying Dark Souls, the board game. All right. So the big concern, the big negative thing some people said about the game was they thought it might be... They grindy. thought it was grindy to some degree. Yep. How has your experience been along with or with that, like, taking that I into have been watching that because that was the feedback. I have not found it to feel grindy to me. And in some cases, our game the other night, I was all prepared for, like, when we finally went back to go after the Gargoyle the third time, right? I was prepared for, let's just go knock out two rooms. Which is what we said, and right. what we did. And, well, it's what we did, well, but we tried. Right, and, and even then I was like, ah, you know, like, all the way into it, I was. I was on board with everybody. We're just going to knock out the two rooms. If we had had another two hours before it being just a bit too late to play, I think I would have been pushing a little bit harder for farming. Let's farm a little bit more, get some more gear to absolutely put us over the top. Sure. Um, And part of that might have been, so, again, because this was an easier set of rooms, because we were choosing an easier boss, so you didn't have as many level two rooms. Um, I have played, so I've played two games. The first one, by the time we were going through the third time, it did feel a little grindy, but it also... It might have been the people we were playing with and all that. I mean, like, right. th- those were all, there's a bunch of reasons, potentially. It was also the first time we were seeing it. And, w- I mean, so we we felt a little bit that way the last time, the third time we went through the same set of rooms. And so we took the shortcut, and it was like, we, no one was interested in going to farm. But it was also because we really almost killed the boss the second time. And it was like, ah, now we got to clear these extra rooms. Because we were like, we should have had it. We just made X mistake. Right. Or... The rogue didn't dodge with his three dice two times in a row. You know, like he did it. He was like, "Nope, luck. Oh, nope. Well, that's that's it, right?" So um, that that might have contributed to it. Um, now, both of your games have been four players, right? Yes. Yeah. So I have played a couple of games with four players, a couple of games with three players, and that is um, there. There is definitely a difference uh, going down to six souls per room cleared. Yeah, that would actually make it a good bit harder. I, well, it, that would make it slower. Slower. Put it that way. Yeah. So, um, 
I don't know. I'm, I, I haven't found it. I haven't found it grinding to the point of being annoying. Now, the game is taking longer than promised on the box. Okay. So I'm trying to watch. I haven't played enough games to really get it down, so I'm trying to watch why that is. And, and I don't mean a little bit longer. I mean, it says 90 to 120 minutes on the box, and we're averaging four hours, th- three and four hours. Maybe because, well, so they may assume people are going to beat it on the second second yeah. time finding the boss. And most time, every game I've played so far, it would be the third time if right. we were going to beat him. Right. Um, like I said, we almost had him in, in our game, the first game I played, um, with the Titanite Demon. But that's because, why would the ham? Now, have you beaten a boss yet? Yes. I be, I, we okay. did beat the Titanite you Demon did beat the, the third Titanite. time we faced him. <laughs> we annihilated him. It was terrible. It was like... Take nine? <laughs> oh my god, yeah, nine. After after all of his defense, after like, your... actually nine wounds. Yeah. Wow. Of his like twenty five. That weapon, that wow. two handed uh it's like a two handed axe or something that has a blue for block and <laughs> like a two orange for damage. And then we had it with the plus one damage and the plus one um black yep. dice. And then I got into the blind spot, and I was like, oh, oh, this is bad. <laughs> two orange and two black, and it's got bleed on it? I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is, this is going to be bad. I mean, not for me, but right, for, you. for you. I feel bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, which is exactly what happened. Well, and, but it sounds like you were also geared up to kill him. So yeah. you had the right gear to just... We really, like, the third time, we definitely hated. Yeah. Uh, we got, like, one more piece along the way. Just because we could, but the second one we should have gotten him, which it, it was just the big difference, like I said. So we, uh, Francis, John, and I beat the gargoyle. Um, Idaya, Julie, you and I did not beat the gargoyle. But fair, we didn't on. actually fight the gargoyle three times. That's true. We did not make it to the gargoyle. <laughs> That's true. The one time we did fight the gargoyle, we were we, we were fought putting, twice. Uh, we were putting some damage right. on. We almost had him the second time. Yeah. And uh, we didn't make it there a third time. <laughs> we got really Despite close. Despite my comment about how the rooms are basically no brainers, they can apparently be brainers. I don't. I don't have an answer. Now you did miss. You did miss my oldest daughter. You did miss Adalia. Um, in the first game she played, where it was her, my wife, and I, we did have the. We finished the first room. We got to the room before the mist gate. Right, so the last room before you go into the boss, sure, died in there, and then my daughter goes, "I know what the first room is. I got this. This is how we're going to deploy." My wife and I went, "Sure, okay." So the weird thing is, <laughs> you smile and nodded to that after playing Zombicide, right? Well, it's usually my youngest daughter it's true. that it is true. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and then we, uh, I think we made it halfway through that fight, died, and then now you've met Adalia, so then of course Adalia goes. Oh, I know the mistake we made. I got it this time. Uh, to be fair, I get that a lot from your whole family. No, we got it this time. Look, if you just like We're you didn't do really what I wanted you to do, and uh, yeah, yeah, I understand. Uh, so I thought it was pretty good. All in all, I've, I've actually how do you think this? Con- do you think this contributes or does not contribute to somebody alpha gamering, like imposing their will on the? Oh, um, on the directing game. directing the gameplay. Yeah. Um, so, I think it's a lot dependent on the people. I played. So I've even had that happen in Kingdom Death, right? Kingdom Death Monster, where I would be extremely unhappy with someone because I've got this character I've literally been playing for ten or fifteen sessions, right? Yep. I that is someone says you should do. You need to do this with your character. I'm like, hey, <laughs> it's got my name on there. Like this is my. And then, instead of some random card I picked up, 
Um, so I've seen alpha gaming in every environment where I would or would not find it acceptable. I think you could alpha game this. I don't. As long as they're not the rogue. I mean, like, I, the problem is, whoever the alpha gamer is should be the rogue, because then, like, I'm sure they're going to at least right. play their character properly, or the assassin, <laughs> sorry. Everyone else, fuck it. I, I, I find that the punishment for screwing up alpha gaming this is harsh enough. Unlike zombie side. Like, zombie side, if you lose a person or two, you still go, ah! we all win right right sure right so everybody should have just listened to me this one i feel like the the <laughs> you you give one direction wrong and everybody follows you oh well, yeah yeah but, so i wouldn't experience that because <laughs> i don't give directions wrong oh yes that is a true statement you just don't give directions <laughs> no i don't think you're gonna say that let's be honest but no um yeah, that's but I think it's <laughs> like you give a direction and bad dice come up in this. Yeah, you all reset. Right. Exactly. And that does happen. I mean, sometimes rolling the three dodge dice at fifty percent on each and right. you need one success and you don't get it and you reroll one and still don't get it. I get that it's not your fault. I mean we're still all irritated with you, but it's not entirely <laughs> your fault. I mean it is. But we just don't no, we still blame you too. There's really nothing yeah, to help no, you. No, there's nothing to help you. And, um, and this is I just don't play the assassin. Right. Well so so I think and if you ever have someone who just kind of, uh, like you were saying, Adalia, which is like, I'm just going to go in and make this work, that's the person you give the night to. Right. Because <laughs> even after they fail their block and they're going to take too much damage, then you go, oh, I'll pop my once per spark thing and just add this random blue add dice. Because that's my second oh shit button that no one else has. I, I did notice that uh, I, I my wife was very shocked. As we get into our the, our game, when you played was our second game. I took the knight, and I don't know if you noticed it, but once we gave her all the tooled up armor with her warrior, the, she was the knight. I was the warrior. Oh, were you the warrior? You played. Oh, the, so uh, she was. The you knight. The no, you're right. Dude. I was the healer. Yeah, he's complicated. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, so the first time I played, I played the. Played the night just to soak up damage. So my wife got very used to me saying, okay, who kicks open the door? I, I'm kicking open the door. Got it. So once she got Man all mode. tooled up and it's like, you're kicking open the door. Wait, wait, what? So the sad thing is we gave her the ember because we were like, the ember's great. Yeah, that was a mistake. And at that point, she since she had gotten a lot of gear earlier, it didn't matter because she didn't ever take three damage. We needed to give the ember to the assassin. Yeah, but a lot of times that one difference is not going to save, save them. them. Yeah. Um, you give it to either the warrior because they're not going to have the same or tank, the, the blocks tank, the block sets that the knight will, or the herald. One of those two is normally a really good first target for the ember. Which, by the way, if anyone doesn't know, if you take three or more damage from an attack, you take one less damage. Right. So a pure block, like a strong block, and she was rolling well, to be fair. She was rolling well, but like a strong <laughs> really blocker well. is going to take, I'm going to take two anyway. Like, they rarely take the full five. Yeah, one or hit. two or, right. yeah. So, whereas someone who doesn't have two blue dice on defense goes, oh, I'm going to take four. That's where the ember helps a lot. Now, I think what will become intriguing is uh, playing far enough through to actually set something up and seeing what you think about the big bosses. Because everything... You and I have talked about is still all mini bosses, right? And we have not seen. I personally have not fought any of the second tier bosses, and apparently later this year there will be a magic third, third tier, tier mega boss, mega boss, boss baby, whatever. <laughs> so, what other new games have you played? What else have we played? Uh, new games? No, have we played anything new? No, I haven't. I don't think. Um, 
No, uh, well, so I've been playing Tyrants of the Underdark recently. But I played that one. So that is a card builder. Is a deck builder with map control. With map control. Uh, as its second feature. Okay. So, you know, as with all deck builders, you get 10 starter cards and there's seven purchase cards and then there's three other. The other increases your um, area of effect on the map and you can only affect things adjacent to one of your um, models on the map. So. Those things get you, let you spread out further, and then you can keep spreading out, and you have to kill other people. But you're like, as you spread out, you can only, still only affect things adjacent to you. So you have to, you, so you gotcha. have to expand your map control to be able to affect your opponents. For the most part, there's also another model called the Spy who you can put anywhere, um, and he generates a sphere of influence as well. But he doesn't actually take a space, so he doesn't help you control the map. He doesn't help you be a presence on the map in the fact that he doesn't like take up slots for models, but he hmm. generates a sphere of influence and denies your opponent things. So you get advantages for being um, total control versus control in uh, the big cities. Because he's there, they are not in total control because there's an enemy model at that location. Um, so it's a deck builder with some, some map control, and it comes with four mini decks. And each time you play, you take two of the mini decks, you shuffle them together, and that's your, your marketplace where you buy cards from. Oh, interesting. So there's some variety there, and they're actually going to make an expansion uh, coming out in a couple months where they're going to add more mini decks to choose from. Interesting. And each mini deck has its own mechanic, its own theme, its own feel to it. So there should be a decent amount of replayability. Cool. Cool, but that's the marketplace, so it's just changing the type of gear and spells and whatnot. uh, Well, it's not gear and spells, it's... um, it, it changes the kinds of cards you can buy. So then, so there are cards that focus oh, on okay. map expansion, and there's cards that focus on denying your opponents, and then there's cards that focus on buying stuff. Um, some, some, some like the demon deck, you devour another card in your hand, which means you don't. So you get points for having cards in your deck. You get more a second value tier of points if you've milled them using um, the uh, exalted circle. Yep, and then, um, then. You get points for map control, right? So, but if you devour them, you don't, they don't go to your exalted circle because the guy ate it. It goes to the <laughs> devour deck. So that, that actually costs you some points to be able to do, to, to play that card, but it has a strong ability normally tied to it. Okay. Um, whereas, so that's, that's in the demon deck. It's pretty heavily there. Uh, and then inside of um, the elemental deck, there's a whole bunch of playing the same kind of card multiple times in a turn. So, so they've got so like, more, more fire is better. More, more air is better. Uh, except not actual elements, but like more malice, more oh, okay. guile, more, so more screw, the more screw your, your opponent cards you have in your hand, they all have a secondary effect that can trigger the more, uh, map expansion cards you kind of play in one turn. They have an additional effects that you can trigger cool. that sort of thing. Um, and some of them are just, there's a whole bunch of good low cost cards here. One of the other cards was there's actually a negative point card. Um, called the Insane Outcast, which you put into other people's decks. Nice. So it reduces their point cost value by being in their deck, but it also slows down their right. card draw and it gets in the way. Um, so you can do a lot of that sort of thing. That's kind of cool. So, you know, it's it's uh, played like three or four times, not three times. Um, almost uh, played one four-player game and three to three-player games. Played Adepticon this year uh, for the first time. It was pretty good. I am uh, I'm carrying it around. We'll see. I've enjoyed it so far. Put it that I, way. I, I do want to check it out. I just, when we talked about going out and getting other games today, I was like, eh, but we got Rebellion right here. You were like, but Star Wars. I've been listening to Star Wars. And, <laughs> Star and we Wars. had a good game. I mean, I won, so it was, of course, a great game. Uh, 
not only did I win, but I won by dominating Coruscant. So you do realize, like in our next game, so so we played. I, of course, played the Empire because I was given a choice. And how do I not choose the good guys? Right. Uh, You, of course, played the terrorists as normal because, you know. I'm a terror. You're a terror. Nobody likes me. Everyone's (laughs) like, shit, he's here. I know. It happens. It, It. Yeah. Uh, you had all the key terrorists out there, Ben Kenobi and I did I because you actually <laughs> you were running at a successful detention center in this particular I was, game. I was. Like I would have been I would have been totally screwed if was the first that card the I pulled Death Star detention center. Right. But boy oh boy. Oh god. No, I pulled a card that like when I got to recruit uh Han and then it, the card was send Han on a mission and he go gets goes and gets uh <laughs> Chewie or he goes and gets Lando. I was like, Oh thank God, because he's already taken one of my people. Yeah, so literally the only reason I was round- one I captured um, the old guy Dodonna. Yeah. So round one I captured. And I was expecting you to put somebody outside. I'm like, well, okay, you got somebody open. Let me just capture opportunistically right. capture you just take him. Who you can. And if the better uh, opportunity comes up later, you take them. And you actually let them. Uh, I didn't let them. I didn't have a choice. Right. Well. Little did I know, like, I, I then line everything up on my second turn, and I'm like, oh, I'm ready for him to go, and, and I was going to do something else, and then I was like, he didn't go try to rescue him. I'm confused. Not remembering that the rescue cards don't come default in your hand. Yeah, it was like halfway <laughs> through my deck before I got my first rescue card, which was cool, because then you were like, oh, I play this character card and capture the guy you just rescued. Right. Like, you just did the rescue, right. and I'm like... Oh my god! And then I killed him. That well, was, that was like thing, right? So so captured Dodona. You sent uh, Leia in, not to rescue him. No, who did you send in to rescue him? Uh, Obi Wan. You said that's right. You sent Obi. Eventually, in. I sent Obi Wan. I mean, you I sent, think you captured Leia at some point just to have her over yeah, Dodona. Oh no, that's what it was. You sent Obi Wan in. I used a, a, a rescue or a character recruit card to capture him after you tortured you tortured the donna <laughs> to make me tell you which of my three was that after i thought i did no, that no, before you, you did that before i rescued him yeah right so you tortured the donna i was like tell me your three sectors one of them or three uh systems, three planets has yep. to be it and i was like oh i named three and then immediately rescued him and then you were like great that's cute i also capture obi-wan with this other card right. i was like are you serious and then i just was like all right obi-wan and then, sorry bro and then i went in and captured leia yeah. Well, right? I, and, and after, and after I had a Obi-Wan choice. killed himself. Right, after Obi-Wan killed himself. Then I had a choice, and I'm like, okay, so Leia is out on the board. Han is on the board. And and I got to tell you, my thought process on this was I could capture either one of them at this point. You know what? Let's go ahead and reverse this around. So I went after Leia because I had the Carbonite already in my hand. Yeah, you can see how this is going so well for me. <laughs> so captured Leia. Carbonite Leia... Yep. And then capture Chewie. Yeah, I know. Um, Han was super unhappy with you. I'll be honest. He, that is why he led the push and, to Coruscant. And then Han took Coruscant. Fuck you, asshole. Sorry. And then, uh, then yeah, he went ham. But uh, it was uh, it was rough. I actually didn't even get a uh, didn't get any of my objectives done for like three or four turns. Yeah, it was wild. I was like, I was sitting there going, man, I am never. And then I got three of them all at once, which is the only reason I because I was sitting there going, whew. This is, like, I am so bad right now, and I'm even, you know, cycling You know, and it was, so I ended up, you picked the three systems, immediately after you picked the three systems where one of them has to be the rebel base, and you picked them on three, you did good, you picked them on three different parts of the board, all. So, right, and, and that was due to the fact that the game by default doesn't come with a good solution to being the Empire. Right. Actually, at um at uh, Defcon where they were playing the tournament, yep, someone had made a little. They did this as a tournament. Yeah. Oh my god. Jacob and uh, Combi played in it. 
Huh. Uh, and they actually got some like special like exploded planet icons and some oh, cool. uh, a couple other things. But someone had printed up a like a, a laminated little mini map where you can mark stuff off. Where you can, and it, it's literally you know like a I don't know like a three by six or four by six yep. little thing, and you just you mark them on that because so what Bill and I tend to do because it's so hard to keep track of where all the probe cards that you've discovered right. are. We just put them on the sectors, which is great ninety percent of the time. However, in this case, this is the one situation that screws you because I can look at the board. Oh, I didn't and go, even think about the fact that you were looking at that. Oh no, I, I definitely 100 percent looked exactly. Said, well, he doesn't know about that corner, and he doesn't know about that corner, yep. and he doesn't know about this corner. I literally chose three spots that were the farthest apart from everything, and that I knew you didn't know. Huh? Because that is the one situation that and the the homing beacon. Yeah. Those are the two situations that it oh, that it really hurts the empire. For the uh, for the Rebel Alliance to know where they're talking about, yeah. Because like if I had to guess, and I chose one or two places that you've already uncovered by probe cards, I'm good. Right? You're like, ah. you're like, oh, that's terrible. You say which, Endor? That's weird. Yeah. Huh. Got- which which again, I immediately. So the next the next probe poll eliminated Did, got oh me God, down to a fifty so fifty. <laughs> he was like, oh look, what about this? I'm like, oh God. <laughs> yeah, it was wrong. So this is the thing. So you. You you did really good with, you looked at the board, and I didn't realize that's what you were looking at. You spent time, and then you went, this system. And then you, I don't know if you counted it out in your head or you were just studying it, but you took almost an equal amount of time and went, this system. And then you took it almost an equal amount of, and I was like, hmm. I can't really read. Like, <laughs> normally the white, like, you would go, uh, okay, I got to pick a system, and then the middle system I pick, and then the last. Or, like, one of them is usually going to be a little bit quicker, and you were really good at keeping them almost the same amount of time in between your picks. Which is weird, totally <laughs> unintentional, because for the most part, I had selected two, at least two of the three, while you were doing the mission to right. win. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, well, it's got to be Ilium, because that's where I chose. <laughs> and then, uh, then I was like, well, Endor is super hard to get to. And he already uncovered Hoth, because he had a probe on right. Hoth already. So I was like, so it's going to be Endor. Tatooine. And then I was like, well, and then I was, so I had I had been trying to draw Bill's attention away from my uh, Ilium. So I had nothing over there. And he had, didn't have much over there, because there was nothing there. I had a huge fleet over near Tatooine, and I was like, so that's the part I was. I literally looked down next to. It, I was like, "Crap, which of these is hard for you to get to?" Right, right. Because you had you were pressing in on that. So I was like, "It can't be Ryloth because that's that yep, was a start location." That was one. And, yeah, it was a start location, and I could have moved over to it in like one move. Yeah, so I was like, "Oh," it's, and I chose Tatooine because it was right behind my fleet, and I was like. What up? And I, and, I, and I had been actively bloodying his nose with my massive fleet. You did, yeah. I was you like, oh, look, there's an army here. Let me attack. And he's like, I'm confused. This isn't how this goes. And his guys agreed with him sometimes. So I thought, I mean, tell me your opinion. I thought I did a good job of not going super war machine this time. I mean, I, I was taking the stuff pumping out as it was, but I wasn't pushing for an active war machine Right, which I think is actually a kind of a somewhat of a mistake on the Empire. You did not have enough forces to spread out. When when once you discovered where I was, there was nothing you couldn't get right. there. And I was actively targeting your transport ships. I was actively targeting anything you could use to move models. Yes, um, because that need, I needed to limit your ability to do that. But like when I when when I went after Coruscant, you didn't have anything to 
You didn't know big ships that could actually transport anything. You had a big army nearby. It just couldn't get into my system because I was targeting your build queue for that stuff. I was targeting your... And I wasn't plugging out... Um, I wasn't pumping... I, I will say that. I needed one more. I needed Mon Calamari or that other... Uh, something boo, other... Boo, like boo, pop, boo, whatever. Yeah. The one over right Or off. I needed to convert Corellia sooner yeah. so that I had a shipyard to put out Star Destroyers. Right, because you didn't have enough of those, and I actually got rid of a couple of them with cards, and a couple of them actually with straight combat. Two of them I think I blew up with Two combat. of them you blew up with combat. Yeah. You know, and... Which was irritating because I had just put on the bottom of the deck, do four points of it, I was like, <laughs> oh, God. Um, but, like, so, I... I do agree, but I actually think that when I looked after the last time I played or the second time I played the Empire, I looked and said, the thing that you really need to play the Empire is expansionism. Like, Manifest Destiny, take over the entire galaxy. There's nowhere for there to hide. We don't have to worry about it, right? So you really limited my ability to produce, except for Mon Calamari Cruisers, which don't matter because... (laughs) Once you put them both out... (laughs) Right, I have three, and I was like, well, like... I actually tried to produce, like, six more, but they couldn't, so who cares? Uh, it was terrible. <laughs> um, so, like, after that, it was like, oh, well, this is cute. But, like, I, you really need enough ships to be able to spread. And I personally, I have found when I play the Empire that sciencing too hard slows you down too much. Like, Did you, you think I was sciencing too hard? You science almost every single turn. I science... Almost never, because I'd almost rather always have the hmm. ability to move ships than I would... Like, I... The Death Star almost has no role. Like, I don't ever get the blow-up-a-planet laser um, or any of that stuff. Because I... I Still rush. moves eight. Moves eight troops with it. Right. But, I mean, I'm always moving yeah. it and not... I'm spending the guy who would do research... The only reason to I ever move it. To move it, right. Unless my opponent starts sabotaging... I I almost never do that. Yeah, that makes sense. And even if you sabotage, don't forget, you. I mean, if you remove the sabotage, you still get to draw one card. Um, you just don't get to draw two. It's remove sabotage and draw a card, or draw two cards, keep one. Ah. Yeah, I. so I was throwing it out when I had the guy sitting around. To tell you the truth, I wasn't looking that close at it, which is why I got down to like three cards in my hand at one point. Right. And uh, I was high, because I ended up throwing one of my repeatable cards. Which I never use the the you know go probe. You had nobody on your base, so yeah. that was a, yeah. I don't ever use that one. Yeah. So, um, but, but no, the ones I was really trying to push were the diplomatic, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm taking this planet. I'm taking that planet. I'm taking this planet. Which is why I almost always try and target. Um, like for my first capture, I try to get the uh, what's her name? Uh, I want to say Mamatha. That my uh, my three diplomat chick. The starting. Rebel 3 Diplomat chick. I think that's Mom Mothma. Yeah, there we go, Mom Yeah, it's Mom Mothma. So, right. Short-haired chick. Yeah, I try to take White her. White robe. Take her because then they then they almost have to start using Leia to do... Diplomacy. Diplomacy because she's the only two-person. And then I go, See, okay. playing against you, though, I know how much you use Chewie and Han. I mean, I use what I can. I use what I have. But you also play a lot of uh, fight cards. I, I do after, actually. Like, you'll try to draw out... I've yeah. noticed you try to draw out uh, Boba Fett and Darth, and then you'll push in with... I, I do like stacking people. Um, I did not have any cards that made... So I didn't... I very rarely in this particular game... So when I play the Empire, for instance, I almost always pay attention to stacking my characters so that when I go for the yeah. thing that's important, I've got two other characters there who are helping me all of a sudden because of random, accidental, oh, right. wait, screw you, right? Right. Like, 
I don't do that at all as the Empire, I mean, as the Rebels, because it very rarely do I want them all to be in the same place. Uh, oh God. It, what was the other one? The uh, when I when I captured uh, Leia and Chewie. Yeah, that terrible. system had freaking six or seven right. people. And, in it. and the problem is, like, I don't have none of my people had the numbers to right. make it worth even trying to respond. I and the, the, when I did respond with my one fist, yeah. that was, was a mistake because like, that cost me the ability to move the spaceships earlier. Yep. Um, so I was sitting there going, like, it just imperial like, conclave over on. Uh, right. You were like, well, I've got three people here, and I was like, well. And you're like, Crap. I'm like eight dice. I'm like, I'm a three. I don't, I don't think this is going to work for me at all. Well, let me throw another guy in there because that helps. Uh, it did not. <laughs> it did not help me win that fight. I, I literally was just sacrificing people for the greater good. Yes. Because uh, that's how Obi Wan died. Because <laughs> for the greater good is how I rescued um, the Don or whatever. And then he was like, and I captured you, and I went and I killed myself. Yep. <laughs> Noble sacrifice. Noble the sacrifice. Yay. Which was, which actually was a really tough decision to make because I knew if you kept him captured, you couldn't capture someone else until you carbonated him. So killing him for one point, but I, it says after he's captured, so I assume I have to do it right away and not just. I think so. Not like, oh, hey, you've been holding on to him for six turns. Let me kill him for a point and win. Here's the thing, right? If if the reading worked the way you just said, right, then the other I have a card that says after they've been re- after a character's been rescued. Right. Do the homing beacon on, you know, or, and then the other one was after somebody's been rescued, capture, capture. the person who's in the mission, right? For those two not to go immediately as well. Would right. be. I agree. And, and that's why, like, <laughs> hey, at the beginning of the game, Chewie rescued. <laughs> exactly. So the problem was, it was early enough because I had just done the three. Yeah. The three other missions. And so it was like, it was early enough that I really, really didn't want to burn it to kill Obi Wan. Because I like Obi-Wan, so my favorite thing to do is the infiltrate uh, repeatable mission. So I can cycle my deck, so I can basically scry two and, right. and put one right. on top and one on the bottom. That is the most important thing to do as the uh, Rebels, in my opinion. And so, like, he's great at that. He's got a three, so, like, I'm never going to mess up dice. Almost never going to mess Almost. up dice. And, you know, like, he's great at rescuing people because the rescuing is often, at least one of his, is on the um, is on the infiltrate and not on combat. Now, one of the choices I made in this game is not to try to... I tried to just run my agenda as opposed to trying to block you. How much do you think that hurt my game? Um, Or how much would it have hurt your game if I had held people back to block your missions? It kind of depends on what... So, the missions that I would like to block are the science ones for you, and those are just resolved, so I can't. Um, And I ended up having to try to... I got forced order of activations to eat out your mission selections yep. so that, like, because I knew you are going to science. So it, the few times, like, the three times I sabotaged, I had to literally go just do Try every to do other thing mission. Yeah. so that after you scienced, I could sabotage and have it be effective. Right. I also do things like actively target your ability to spawn things on the turns that we generate. Um, so that, like... Yeah, I saw that. I wasn't as... But, like, so that helps some, but it's it's not... As big, um, right? I it would hurt some. Normally, it hurts a lot because it makes the person making the decision have to well, struggle a lot more. waste your card if I block it, right? But I mean, I have to struggle, and you did block a couple of the important ones. Yeah, and frighteningly, again, no intention there. It was more of a just throw it out. Right. So that was dinner. High five, team. <laughs> we are probably not going to continue that immediate line of thought because I don't remember what we were talking about. Yeah, completely derailed. 
completely derailed. I need to put like a ding-dong doorbell sound effect in there or something. Just acknowledge that I won and I am amazing (laughs) and we can move on from this topic. You have won. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. There was more. I am sure your hearing has not suffered. But was there... And we're back. And we're back. He, I swear to God, you didn't, you didn't hear it, but he admitted everything. Everything I was asking for flowed off his tongue like yeah, honey. Absolutely. Everything you were asking for, plus the assassination of JFK, plus... Right. I mean, all the things I would ask. We, we, yeah. The, the Maltese Falcon location, uh, the you know Al Capone's body, you know, the whole thing. Exactly. <clears throat> so, uh, topic-wise... Because other than just us bullshitting, which I think goes over quite well as a podcast. I'll be honest. I certainly don't (laughs) mind doing it. (laughs) So um, we, you and I, and my wife and my oldest daughter will be playing a game called Seafall. Which is weird, because why would the sea fall anywhere? I mean... I guess we're we're going to find that out, or or, <laughs> or we just not. read that little meme recently that was going around about why gravity doesn't. Work. I haven't seen that one. So it, it was arguing how since water always flows to the lowest point, why doesn't all the water in the planet just fall to the bottom half of the planet? <laughs> and did that and had the line be the midpoint Australia, right? Like it was like, and so they, they were like, "This is why gravity is bullshit." And I was like, "So you don't understand lowest? I get right. that." Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so Seafall, um, I wanted to talk about a couple of things, because Seafall is a different type of game, and for us, it's a different type of game. Yes. Uh, it is a campaign game. Now, you and I have played campaigns, and we're going to get into that some. What is a campaign game and all of that? Uh, it is a legacy game, which... I've Neither of us have played. And I've always avoided it because it seemed like such a so, alien concept. Right. So I want to get yes, into that. Well, yes. And then there is just the fact that this is a board game that we're going to play. So simply from a board game perspective, what do we? What do you know about Seafall just as a board game? Take out the legacy. Take out the campaign. Piracy? I, I know it's boats. <laughs> I know it's on the sea, which to me boats. means pirates, wenching, and pillaging. But really, it, I, trading slash piracy. I, I That's really all I know. Um, I've heard that you can't really piracy right away or the way you would want to initially, which makes sense because you showed me the thing where there's yep. some empty slots. Empty for slots. Additional rules is what they called it. Yes. Um, which I hope is a... Thing that makes me be able to do things and not go, <laughs> no. <laughs> in fact, more no. Right. Um, but other than that, I, I really don't know. Um, I always, you know, I mean, pirates are things I like. I really like rum. I like wenching. So these are, seems like a good place to go. Are you going to be bringing rum to our sessions of Seafall? Are you saying that I, because I actively don't drink most of the time around your family. I mean, not actively. It actively seems strong. I don't always drink around your family. I mean, you realize my wife is actually a big fan of Captain Morgan's. I did not know that. Yes. Uh, only drinks Captain. Like, I went out and bought the wrong type of Captain Morgan's. Apparently, there are multiple types of Captain Morgan's spiced. I am not a big rum drinker, so when I brought... She and I will talk. Yeah. When we'll, I brought, we'll handle this. Now... I suspect it may not be the upper end of the Captain Morgan spice, but eh. it's Captain Morgan. It's so Captain that guarantees we're in the mid range, which is where most people drink. Right. 
Yeah, I actually went out and, and got some Cat Morgan Spice, brought it back, and she went, this was not correct. I went, oh, I do the same right? thing. When people get me wild, uh, they get me um, Tennessee whiskey honey or whatever, yep. I'm like, that's not wild turkey American honey. You're doing it wrong. Fair enough. So I do have a Belizean rum up in the... Actually, I have to check now. I used to have a Belizean rum up in the cabinet because I... And then you had daughters. Sure. I mean, then my point is they drank all the rum. We were like, I have really nice rum. And they're like, hey, Dad's got really nice rum. That's what happens. So, but uh, yeah, no, I would I would be up for some... We may have to do some rum drinking while we're doing Seafall. Just not to get to the point of being belligerent or, you know... So here's the problem. I start at belligerent with no alcohol. I can't imagine that it gets less belligerent as time goes on. Uh, good point. Good yeah, point. I know. Like, you're totally screwed. And my wife needs to be functional the weeks, the other days after we, uh, so right? we can't drink so much that. I agree. I, I actually have to leave and go to the office potentially right. the next day once we figure out when we're playing. So, yeah. So I will say this. Um, I think you and I know about the same amount. I know that it is sea exploration, right? Um, so you could argue the four X. Yeah, I think it's. I think with it's sea themed. With sea themed, uh, my wife is into it because, well, for a couple of reasons. One, because I said, "Hey, this is a cool game. We should all play it." Uh, two, she's into it because she also likes pirate games. Like we have, I've a noticed couple you guys have pirate, a bunch of yeah. Because a couple of times, like literally, I'd say three or four of the games we've talked about over the not so on the podcast. But you're like, oh yeah, we were playing this pirate game. We were yep. playing this ship game, and I was like, that seems does seem to come up a lot. And we got Tortuga in 1966, 67. Uh-huh. No, not 19. What? It's 1866. Yes, 1866. Coming. Yes, I had that. coming, coming. Yeah. It's not out yet. It's August. Yes, more pirate games is the point. So yeah, we. Uh, I mean, we have we have two pirate games we absolutely love. We have Libertalia and we have Tides of Infamy that both my wife and I play. Tides of Infamy is a ships on a board exploring, getting stuff and then taking it from the people who got it. It was always one of my favorite video games. Earlier, um, like when I was growing up, one of the ones where you. You're a trader, and you did you know a whole bunch of like visiting Jamestown, trading furs up and down the coast. So you got you know a man of war, which was crazy, yep. and started murdering everyone. <laughs> so, so that's what we know about Seafall. We know it's going to be ships. We know it's going to be exploring. We know it's going to be piracy. We hope at some point. Otherwise, it really kind of lets us all down. Well, we can piracy one way or the other. <laughs> so, campaign games. So, um. This is an area you have significantly more experience than I do. I think so. Pretty sure. I mean, in terms of at least in terms of board games. I mean, I've played a bunch of campaign game campaigns, but most of them have been like in the War Machine Hordes campaigns, or you know, like the the seasonal sort of things. Like right. That. So, from a campaign game perspective, we've both played Kingdom Death. Kingdom Death Monster. Hell very yes. much, very much a campaign game. Good, because I like that game. Um, I've played Myth. So, uh, myth is a basically role playing game in a box on a board. Um, play out campaigns. John and I have played myth several times. Built up characters. Uh, in fact, we were just playing the other night during our Thursday game night. Yeah, so I saw. Um, you got another one you talked about as well, but I don't. I, I think have, that was a Kickstarter that I wasn't here yeah, yet. Yeah, I, I, I may have three others coming from Kickstarter that are all shipping as we speak and record. Uh, Nova Ida, uh, Nova Atis and Folklore and... Uh, Those are the two I was thinking of. Um, 
why can't I think of my third one? I have a card-based one that's uh, that's a campaign game as well that I am going to look up while I'm continuing to sit here and babble. I know it has <laughs> gloom in the name. Um, I was literally seeing if he could just keep going with the conversation <laughs> while he looked it up. I was like, this is going to be a challenge. Yeah, thank you for filling that in for me. You're welcome. That, that worked out I'm helping. well. You, you are helping. Of course, this is still not cooperating and actually coming up in enough time. <laughs> <laughs> like, you jumped out to help, and, oh. and it still just completely wrecked me. So that is very sad. Oh, boy. Okay, so, yeah. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. Gloom of Killforth. I knew Gloom was in the name. There we go. Uh, one to four heroes, one to three hours. Uh, should be a lot of fun. So... So those are the upcoming ones. Those are the upcoming game. ones. I mean, I've also done campaigns for. Like, uh, let me you've see. Done pen and paper, right? Like Pathfinder and. and oh, gee, yeah. So D and D, like role playing, long, long running role playing campaigns back in the days. Now, role playing wise, you not that experienced. I've ever played. Uh, I've only ever played one RPG, and that was um, an Unleashed campaign that the Beer Thralls were doing. Okay, I ended up being. A Gatorman on a, weirdly enough, called a pirate ship. We call ourselves <laughs> ineffective whalers, but basically pirates of all Trollbloods with a Gatorman witch doctor who somehow was also on the ship. Because nice. I had to be as unique, you know, special snowflake. Nice. It was, uh, yeah, it was fun. I mean, that worked well. I enjoyed it. But that was the only game, and that was a pure RPG. So um, it didn't, I didn't know how to interact with the world and other people as much. Uh, so that was kind of a weird experience. Now, but even on the board game side, like even when you look at Ethereum, right? Okay. Ethereum sort of Ethereum is a board game, right? But they have released campaign stories that are increasing right, stories, right? Right, and and it changed the world. Um, did you ever play in? I have not played any of the event in any event at a convention that is Ethereum. Okay. Uh, so, like, I haven't played that. The game lends itself really well to the concept. I just haven't done it. Now, did the War Machine and Hordes, when they ran campaigns, did that have an, an effect on the game world? Uh, it was supposed to. I don't... I never saw it. Like, it was supposed to that each, you know, um, pundit... Not pundit. Um, press ganger. Press ganger would fill in and, and you'd go report, like how you could see it, and then you could right. see actually the map change a little bit, but it was never super impactful. In fact, uh, partly because in that system, what they did as part of the, um, as part of their scenario, their campaign, you got um, a special rules model. Like, yep. so, you, so outside the normal, so it wasn't necessary, like, it'd be so hard to balance that. So isn't that where, that. like, the, the, the Cthulhu-faced uh, uh, Legion? <sighs> Legion thing came from? No, I mean the Cthulhu-based Legion thing is always part of the Legion. Has it been? I mean, I mean, like it got. I don't know if it came from the, the story. It, like, it's a not a Scythian. What are they called? The uh, the Proteus. Proteus. Yeah, the character Proteus. I have no idea where like his backstory because he's Legion, and I didn't hear didn't about care. that enough. Um, but like he may have come from a campaign. I doubt it. Okay. Um, it might have had some impact, but like, so I actually think that what they started doing at least in the last year or two was. In the campaigns, they were trying out rule ideas or rule combinations. Okay. They were like, there was no way those models were 100% balanced in across all of the game, right? right? They just didn't have enough time, and they, it would take too much effort to do that. 
for a temporary rules model. So sort of a lead into the CID type of thing, yeah, right? Release some like rules, let everybody right. play so it. Like you're like, hey, go have fun, play this in for fun game. Certainly not competitive. We'll see how it goes. That kind of thing. So did you play 40K when 40K did the worldwide campaigns? I played 40K with a whole bunch of friends in the neighborhood and never really in the store much. Okay. So I was not involved in the community, if you want to put it. I ran the local community, as in me and my six friends. Yeah, because there, there was a period of time where you could go online, report games that you played, and, and it brought about different you know parts of the 40K world change. Gotcha. So kind of like the uh, ox brisket thing from sort the Sort of like that, yeah, except that this was more map-based. Right, so, okay. Um, and then there was, you were, you, we, we did report some of our games. Um, I don't know if you went and voted. I know I went and voted in the butcher civil war based on some of my games. I didn't because Who cares? I didn't care. Right. But I, uh, like I know the people I played voted the people okay. who were playing, uh, the butcher's teams definitely voted. So the whole idea behind a campaign, right. And, and I think you've seen this and, and just sort of like, we've talked about the different mentioned a lot of different things here. The whole idea about a campaign being, this is a linked series of game sessions right that change the world going forward change the world going forward but change what you're doing they might so we're going to play seafall which is a campaign game what does that mean to you um so it'll be hard for them to change the world because we're on the sea, right? Like, you're not going to be like, oh, there's a volcano and that ocean isn't there anymore because it's a sea-based game and the game would be impossible to play at that point. Um, what it could do is do things like um, some factions could be far more... I assume that we're going to be dealing with multiple, like, um, country factions sort right. of things. You know, France and whatever. So I expect that we'll see how aggressively those approach on the map or how aggressively they interact with us in terms of, like, friends or enemies. You know, if if we've harassed them, if we've robbed their their merchant ships six times, and no one else is, I expect that whenever they we come across them in the open water, they're, they're going to be far less happy with right, you. They're going to be a, they're going to be actively engaging us, not being not just you know doing the standoff thing that you, that you hear right. or see a lot of pirates, not pirates. I see a lot of ships do because they don't really know, and they because you know every bit of damage carries over. So is it really worth committing? They will be like. Oh, look, there's the, you know, whatever, Jolly Roger, whatever we would end up, I mean, Jolly Roger, yep. the flag, but whatever we end up calling ourselves. Um, and then they would chase us because of how much of a disruption we've been to them. So, cool, because here's a couple of things I do know about the game. Good. Um, there is animosity tokens. Okay. That <laughs> you actually can build up with people out there. Um, one of the things I know is added into the game. And this goes to the legacy, but it also the campaign side. Okay. Uh, there are bo- little treasure chests, boxes that get opened up that release different things for the game. Some of them might be a sticker that goes onto the board. Because okay. I don't know if you saw the board itself when we started up. I have not is, seen the board. Oh, it is a big blank blue board. <laughs> and pretty much, I think it might have one island out in the sea that we can that we can that we know about. that we know about. Uh, but it is not that far out, and most of the board is just. In fact, it's one of the reasons I didn't pick this game up to begin with because I'm like, what a boring looking game. I get a couple of ships and a big blue board, blah. And then I was like, oh wait, there's actually stickers that go onto the board huh. for new islands and whatnot that I you discover. Yeah, because like, we'd seen the ones in the rule book, but I right. hadn't seen the one on the map. 
Yeah, so the map actually starts out big and blank, and it's just a big ocean that we know very little about. And as we explore, we will... Map it. Map it. And that will develop, like, we'll get to a point where we open a box, pull out an island or a couple island stickers and put them down. Um, it's funny that you mentioned the Jolly Roger or this or that. We actually get to name our own ships. Name, you should. We get to name a lot of stuff for ourselves, which I think, from what I've heard, is one of the things that a lot of people who really enjoy this game really love. Um, uh, the D6 Generation guys, Russ, I think, was naming everything that he named had read somewhere in the... So, like, every one of his advisors was, you know, it was, it was Sonia the Red... Red Sonia, right. right? Joe, the Red Beard, right? Um, you know, Redford, right? Exactly. <laughs> and then every one of his islands had Red in the name as well, so you always knew which ones he had named. Um, so that's one of the things, and it's one of the things overall. The other part, I believe, is. Let's take Dark Souls. We talked about Dark Souls earlier. Yep. And we talked about getting all this equipment, getting these new skills for Dark Souls. And then when you finish the game, that all resets and you go to play the next game. Um, unless you're playing in a campaign. Right. Which I think in that game especially, oh, well, not necessarily especially, right. but that game lends itself too, in my opinion. I think this is directly, as I understand it, this is directly up that line of as we improve things, uh, we are improving our country, so our ships will get better and then stay at that level at, or go get worse and stay at that level as we go along. So we are representing a com- like a we country. We each are our own country. Ooh. So yeah. I, I thought we were cooperative. I, no. I thought we were. So. so that's number two. This is not a cooperative game. Oh, good. Way better. <laughs> Way better. I would definitely be. We definitely need uh, rum then. Right, right. There may be no fighting in the beginning. However, it is not cooperative. Okay. <laughs> so. Uh, apparently the cooperative uh, piece has fallen apart at the beginning of the game, but I'm sure we'll see more of that when we actually read the prelude story. Quote, unquote, that's diplomacy. Yeah. Cooperativeness that fell apart. So, um, but yeah, so so that's kind of cool to me. I'm trying to weigh how much character development or country development in this case is going to go on. I'm unsure how close to a role-playing game this is versus a board game. I like the tactics and whatnot that are in board games and uh, I like the 4X part of board games like um, uh, Zia. Have you seen when we played the space game Zia with no. all the ships? Nope. Okay. That is very much a explore, ex- you know, explore, trade, fight, you know, the whole right. bit. I, I mean, I used to love uh, Masters of Orion 2, which is a video there you game, go. the same yep. thing. Um, FTL, all, I like. All, I did a lot of those kinds of games, which were always fun. Yeah, you. That's right. You were the one of the people that played FTL. So I think we got to get you down to the table with Zia because Dan Breslin says that Zia is basically a board game version of FTL. That's great because FTL screws you hard. <laughs> it does. I don't think this actually screws you hard, but yeah. So, uh, so that I'm looking forward to. Um, let's talk about Legacy. Sure, Legacy, the thing that you know, it's kind of like a. For me, it's always been like collectible card games. Just one of those things. I go, ah, why am I buying? So I avoid collectible card games is what I'm getting at. Right. Until recently. Um, And what I mean by this is like, everyone goes, oh, it's a game that you can only play once. Why would I buy a game I can only play once? Like, I enjoy replaying games, especially with other people and seeing how they come on tactics. And 
That isn't actually... So uh, I've had it explained to me since then that it's yep. not just yep. a game that you only play once, but it's a game where you play... E- where, where, where it's literally a campaign, and there are numerous scenarios. In each scenario you only play once, but it still tells a story. And there's the irrevocable or things you can't take back right. or can't redo sort of thing. Um, so I'm certainly interested to see what it's like. Because before it's been like, I, that, would, that seems stupid. Um, I think the way that... Le- the, I think the way that... Legacy games were presented from a risk legacy and pandemic legacy standpoint. Really put some people off. I've heard a lot of people talk about that. Now, I have not played a legacy game. Me either. So I am intrigued to see how this goes. Uh, Very intrigued to see how this goes. This will be my first legacy game. Um, It also means because it's a legacy game, once you start, damn well better finish. Right, because it's not like we can resell this or right or or restart or, or restart. And if you bring someone in to replace someone, they're just stuck with whatever those person, whatever decisions have been made up to them, and they're not involved in it. They're not invested. So I have seen some th- stuff on Board Game Geek asking about how do you deal with players dropping, how do you de- deal with new players being brought in. I haven't wanted to read those threads because I'm trying to actively avoid spoilers. Well, right, and we're assuming for the game. we're assuming that that won't be a problem. That for won't us. be our problem, right? I mean, we you got live four with the people. two people, so let's be honest. If <laughs> right. one of them drops, you guys are going to have enough problems in the house. I don't need to worry. Like the game gets easy. Man, you guys really have a whole lot of animosity tokens built up. But I don't see them out here. This is weird. Very true. Very true. So um, the ripping up of cards. So there is a certain, like, that's the big thing I've always heard. I think it's the thing you've heard, right? Oh, yeah. Pandemic Columbus Legacy, you're going to open up and rip up these cards. Yeah, um, I heard that, and I was actively like, why would I do that? Why didn't I just put it back? Like, I don't have to look at the other ones. Right. I just slip them back, slip in, the them back in the envelope. Uh, I think part of, for me, part of what I'm looking forward to in this game, you know, from a legacy standpoint, there's going to be stickers that go on the board, so the board will be set at a certain point. Right. And we don't know how that might change or not change, but I sus- I'm suspecting that's one of those things that gets fixed. Right. right. So now you're in a certain fixed location. And, and it's good because otherwise, like, so that's one of those things that would be hard to do, quote unquote, with, right. like, short term or, like, it's not just stick the card back in the envelope and choose a different one next time. It's, oh, no, we've literally, like, because the board is being modified, not just right. some of the other choices you made. Now, the other thing is, um, so, I mean, the naming stuff is naming is naming, right? Sure. But also, when you go along, when I look at the fact that we will be, I, I think the surprise to it, right? The, I think the, I suspect the game plays well the first time you play through because there are certain developments. Like, we, we saw it in the rule book. There are certain spaces where it says... You know, space roll, roll two, roll three, roll four, right? You know, you know no, nobody in nobody in the current countries knows how to do colonization. Dot dot dot. Yet, roll two, roll three, roll four, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, the peace is held. Nobody is fighting. Roll seven, roll eight, roll. So clearly, there's going to be something, right? Some basic level of hey, go build, go build a colony, go raid and fight. Somebody right. else. And then there's I mean, going to be expansions plays. to those. So, it actually just occurred to me, and this I hadn't really considered before. A legacy game is a game that should be, quote-unquote, impossible to power game. Should be. Because you don't actually know the impacts of any decisions you make. Until because, you make them. Because you're not, it's not like a game you've played six times already, right. right? You're like, you're literally like, oh, we've done this, and then that's the way it is. 
and you don't even you ideally won't even see what the other choices could have been, and you just go, haha, this is the way it is. And I think it might make you more invested in the world too. I agree, and actually as you're saying that, it makes me think, right? What I was going to say is imagine if you played Kingdom Death that way but like you can only ever do this encounter once and whatever you choose is what you choose right and the only way to make that choice is to pick one and cross the other out or it's a you know it's it's a so i actually do so you do some of that already like i try to do some of that i encourage quote-unquote gently uh the people i'm playing with to not read like whatever you roll in the chart read what you roll because when you know and just read the outcome and don't go, oh, what would I have I gotten if I had rolled a 9 or a 10 or a 12? Or None of those numbers matter. Because, like, I want to be surprised. I want to not know all the outcomes next time I hit this scenario. And that's why, like, I, we won't read the title cards of any um, events. Yep. Like the, the, the events at the start of the town, um, the hunt events that we flip over, we don't read the titles of those. Because what I've found is that people remember the titles more than they remember the actual event. So, like, huh. oh, acid rain, that means blah. Instead of, there's a rain falling, because there's numerous story events that are like, there is some bad thing falling from the sky, and you're like, God, this seems terrible. But if you say acid rain, they're like, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen. I found that on the hit location cards for monsters, not to go off too far on a tangent, but the hit location cards, the titles of those, like the actual, they they tell you what you're hitting on the title, and those bring in all the, the a, a bunch of extra the, flavor. Yeah, the flavor for where you're actually making the attacks. Right. So on those cards, it's great, but everywhere else, yeah, I punch in the to. soft nose. Or... Right. Exactly. And and we try not. I try not to have anyone read the other outcomes. And I, I'm hoping my hopes aren't up too high on this, but if this is something along those lines, right? Here are the two cards: climb onto the mysterious island, or Sail away from the mysterious island. Pick one. Exactly. And you don't get to, like, everything comes in these boxes. Um, I've opened up the, I did open up just to take a look, make sure everything was in there. Uh-huh. And there is a. Sure, yeah. sure. Uh-huh. Just to check. Right? So, Bill's, to be clear, Bill's the only one who's read the rules. <laughs> right. And now he's opened the boxes. <laughs> I want to be clear ahead of time. This is our starting point. I haven't opened the small boxes. I opened the, the major box. And nicely for everybody else, there is a bunch of sealed boxes in there. With, and that's cool thing, with symbols. Good. It's symbols. No words, no titles. I like it. It's symbols. Good. So that means like they, so it's another, it's another yeah. layer of trap. It's also part of the exploration, right? You're like, oh, crap, we need the, uh, you know, the goat cheese or the whatever. I yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like that, the goat cheese. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that box. Oh, that's great. You know, instead of being like, oh, we need box 675 or, you know, even... Right. Even, uh, like, oh, we need the, you know, mad cow disease island box. <laughs> I, I, we, you know, I huh. really, have I made my decision? <laughs> right. I think sailing away seems, yeah, sailing seems away good, is good right now. It's good. Um, so that'll be, uh, that'll be fun. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it, I'll be honest. Like, I haven't done this, and I want to be invested in it. Likewise. That's, like, and if it's a game concept that gets people invested because it's got this extra... You involvement in the world where you've made the decision and that's the decision, right? Like you've gone and taken this job and not that job or whatever. I mean, like real life, Yep. that will kind of make it more, uh, it'll make it a different experience anyway. I'm looking forward to it. So then comes the tough part. How do we talk about this game without spoiling it for other people? 
focus on how great I am, and I think it'll. Uh, I think everyone else will just get it. You, you think so? That's been my podcast so. approach from the start. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I hesitate to say we won't talk about this game because if the game is cool, it's going to be very hard for us not to discuss right, it because we'll want to. So without. Having played it, I can't right. say... So, for instance, if we talk I about... Because we already do Kingdom Death, we pretty much come on and go, eh, we're going to spoil a bunch of stuff right now. Sure. <laughs> you know, so, like, if we, if it's, you know, like, if some of the unknowns are locations of stuff, that can right. change every time you play. We don't have to care about that. Right. And we can not talk about what the island symbol was, and we can talk about some of the crazy stories that may have happened on an island, or because of some decision we made without saying... So I decided to get on this stupid right. island, and there was this water thing, and I drank it. It was great. Oh, wait, no, it wasn't, and all my people died, or whatever. You know, I mean, like, you could also talk about the interactions we have with each other without being like, you know, because of the decision Bill made, and now he has lighthouses. He's, <laughs> you know, like, everyone's animosity is he's, ten times. He's way him. ahead. Right. You know, like, we just say Bill's super far ahead because he read the rules and opened the box before we started, and everyone will get what I'm talking right, about. absolutely. Absolutely. Because let's be honest, that's the only way I'm going to assume that you can win this game. <laughs> oh, I showed you the interesting part of the rules. Yeah, right. The blanks. Yeah. Where you're going to fill blanks. in. Right. You're like, oh, I'm sorry, you didn't realize you, that was me asking you for input on what I should write here? That's weird. <laughs> So I have done one. So in Kingdom Death Monster, there is actually a place where you take a sticker and you put it in the book. Is there? Yeah, it's um the uh, was it the White Speaker? I think it's the White Speaker event. Huh. Okay. Um, like the so the White Speaker now has a replacement story event, which oh, triggers okay. the the purchase of the new dagger and the and the skin, the blood skin. Um, which is interesting, and it was kind of weird to me. And I was like, oh god, we need two of these. Like that way we can. Put it in the new book or not have it be there right. anymore. Not have it know, all sorts of things like that. So it's, it's make the sticker so it'll flip up. Oh no. Right? God, Just yeah. stick the top and I don't have to look I don't care anymore. I got everything I can get out of that event. <laughs> uh, because yeah, I sacrificed a person. That's what happens. Uh, but yeah. So I'm uh we'll see. And we'll this see. goes to prove the rule that regardless of what we're talking about, if I mention Kingdom Death, it derails us onto Kingdom Death. It is a good game. It is. I have not actually played much recently. See, fair. Neither did we. Uh, we actually. So I came back and we played a couple times, and then then we ended up playing like not playing for like a month because people just couldn't. Like everyone had like there was a whole bunch of medical things, and we just had couldn't quite get the timing right. Um, so hilariously, are we are we gonna are we gonna yeah, derail? We're, we're derailed. Derailed. Bam. Uh, it's happened. So we we're on the uh, the Dragon King campaign. Okay. And I created a character that finally became a celestial being, huh. which means you get your wings uh, array of, of things and my face in the stars. And I, the dragon king acknowledges me as a citizen and a real person and not just a peon. I see. Sure. We look at the, that's not a good thing. It's great. Uh, there's a bunch of items that get better. Celestial items that get better if you're a celestial being and you get some special thing, depending on which one you get. Okay. So I got the storm and it was like, now, whenever you get a level and a weapon proficiency, you get like four levels instead of one. Awesome! And so we, so then, I, then we had, a, you know, that was the end of one day. So the next week, we, I literally did a bunch of research on if I change my weapon proficiency, what does that mean? Do I actually lose mastery or not lose mastery? Can you have like does the, the town won't lose it, but do I personally lose right. it? All these things, right? 
had a, like a 15, 20 minute conversation with them before we started. Cause I want to like, here's my interpretation of this. Here's the rule, you know, like the web pages I found that say yep. this and this is everyone on board. And they're like, okay, I shit you not. Like I, I don't even think we made it to the first fight, but maybe it was after on the way back from the first fight. <laughs> Oh, right. I remember that. So, we did the first fight, came back, and it was like, oh my god, this is so amazing. Blah, blah, blah. Everyone had to do the race of death or something. Oh. Uh... Yeah. No. Uh, it was like, choose a random person. We all rolled. I had the lowest. Outcome. Roll again. I roll a one. Mm. I Yeah. 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 My acid palms, yeah. uh, blood dagger wielding person who's rolling three dice for damage. Plus my base seven strength ceases to exist as I become the god that the town needed to move. Uh, <laughs> like, we worked so, like we put so much effort into my character not dying, and then literally just random dice, two dice rolls in a row. Welcome bad. to Kingdom Death. I know, and I was like, "Oh my god, I hate you so much." <laughs> uh, I took it well. I actually handled it well, better than I have handled some of the death of my other characters. Um, probably because a lot of it was transferable. Uh, because we already have the armor set, we already have the gear, so now I can still roll two dice for damage instead of oh, three. Okay. Because you're after, just not a citizen anymore. I'm well, right? Uh, actually, new person is after two years this time instead of nine. Uh, because of the way we have kids now, they come out with like oh. all of these terms. They're like noble, iridescent, hide, pristine, oh and God. I have three levels in you know spear mastery, which I don't care because I'm going back fist, but it's still like. Oh my god, this is hilarious. Wow. Um, and I happened to hard roll to 10 to get a so, secret fighting art. I mean, are the fights different? Um, one of them is. So there's a new, there's two, well, two of them, because there's a new creature you can hunt called the Dragon King, and then there's a new nemesis, which okay. is the old man, who's also the Dragon, the Dragon King. King. Just in human form. Um, but so the, the encouragement when you do it is to not play with any expansions. So you play the white, you know, the white lion, the, the white lion, right. But white lion, the Phoenix, the antelope. the antelope, and then these two. Uh, right. And so not the thing with that lack of expansions is sometimes that the expansions give you a lot more gear choices and a lot more right. other things, um, that kind of fill in gaps and whatnot. Right. No, <laughs> since that's not there, it's somewhat harder okay. um, to, to to some degree. Iridescent hide helps a lot. Like um, I'm wearing the white lion set, so two armor in every location, kind of thing. And I'm rocking right. six armor at each location. By the time I get to a fight, holy crap! Right, because shrine for one. Uh, right. There's a dragon vestments for one. There's um, a shield for one. So that that alone takes me to five. And then iridescent high is to get one for each different color affinity I can create. So I can get another total of three if I want. Wow. If I had the right gear. It's like, oh, now suddenly I'm like, so it's kind of weird. We actually have someone who doesn't even have an armor set and he still has five in every location. Wow. He's not even, he wasn't even wearing chest at one point. It was like, ah, still five. So weird. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Very weird. But. We'll see. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's we're actually like seventeen years in on this new campaign. Kind of weird. Uh, the dragon's kind of cool. He uh, like if you actually fight the the dragon. Yeah. So the old man teleports around. Super dick. Uh, he teleports. <laughs> he teleports around and leaves these obsidian statues behind, uh, and then he teleports 
six spaces away from the furthest person away from him. Okay. Like, and he does that a lot, and then he has a bunch of cards that trigger based on the number of statues. So you can actually, you can try and break the statue, and if you don't roll well enough, you don't do it, and if you do, you can actually teleport next to him, like you okay. step through his yeah. little portal next to him, which is great, but um, there are certain items that help break the statues, break the stone, um, which I'm not going to say, because if anyone hasn't played yeah. yet, you should yeah. find out the first time the hard way. Uh, <laughs> but like, So he teleports around a lot, and he actually hits it three uh range three so he never he never wants to get close he'll actually back up the range three and hit oh, you and he's like oh god you oh mm. he's <laughs> and then the dragon um he has a radioactive heart that so he's like base toughness of like 13 or 14 Oof. but like each time he does this radioactive thing like he reduces his toughness until he gets down five oh. and then he explodes <gasps> like his his chest opens up and everything Oof. gets just annihilated in that direction um not quite killed not not Lion God annihilated, right. but, you know, five or six damage. And then you're like, oh, my God. And so then, like, so it's a cycle about how about, like, trying to balance that. And huh. so he's kind of fun to fight, too, because he's different. And let's be honest, that model is beautiful. The, the dragon from the Dragon King set is the reason I bought that expansion. Yeah. And I don't even, I'm not an aesthetically Isn't that huge? motivated person. It's huge, it is. right? It is. God, it's so big and it's so beautiful. It's a really, it's it's great. Yeah. So that's derail. That was the derail, derail for Kingdom rant. <laughs> um, But yeah, so I'm really looking forward to Seaforge. And we'll see what happens. Um, now that I know we're not competitive, or not cooperative, because I thought we were cooperative. No, 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 no. I now have to make new plans. Yes. Like, read the rules myself. Because when we were cooperative, I could trust you, you to, just trust to read the to, rules. Because yeah. you were like, hey, you should do it this way since, you know, we're on the same team. And now we're not on the Did same team. Did I ever team. say that? Uh, no, no. No. No, I didn't think I had. So... It, it's I and now I'm like I'm gonna have to download these stupid rules. Not a bad idea. Having two of us that know the rules would be good. The weird thing is, is if we actually agree on the rules. That's bad. Because <laughs> most of the time we're like, really? Because I got this when I read it, yeah. and you just like, we go, that's so not what I got. No. <laughs> we're gonna be a fun, uh, little fun few minutes there. I think that's a show. I, clearly, it is a great show. It's a stellar show. It is. That's a much better definition. You should do that one. I should do that one. Posted a stellar show, right? Yeah. Uh, 138? Whatever number we said at the start. 138. Yes! Yes. On a roll. 138. Bye, Josh. Bye, people. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.